Welcome into Cash It, Howard Bender. Adam Ronis here, and uh, oh, baby, we have uh, a lot of stuff going on here, right? This is a multi-sport podcast, and I know we tend to focus a little more heavily on the MLB action, but today we're gonna we're gonna lead shit off here with uh, with, with a little NBA talk, Adam, because you know, listen, I, I think that what we what we saw. I mean, listen, I don't think anybody was surprised to see the Nuggets do what they did in the West. And you know, I think they were kind of getting disrespected a, a, a bunch. But what we saw with Miami, uh, you know, going up 3 nothing on Boston, then Boston really coming back strong, uh, winning the next three. And then, you know, Miami really took care of business there. And that sets the stage for... Yet another, in my opinion, David and Goliath type matchup because we're already seeing Denver as like a huge, huge favorite um, over uh, over Jimmy Butler in the Heat, like a huge favorite for uh, for Denver here. So first off, how are you? Second of all, have you enjoyed? Did you enjoy that Boston Miami series? Yeah, it was hard not to. I mean, Boston was trying to make history. Uh, becoming the first team to come back from 3-0 and they get a buzzer beater in game six. Actually, I want to parlay on that buzzer beater. I didn't even know until the next day. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I put together like a six leg parlay for plus 250, you know, and I thought I had Jason Tatum to hit three threes and I saw he was 0 for 8. I get, ah, fuck it. I guess I lost. So it was one where you get a bonus bet. So you usually get an email, you receive the bonus bet, like pretty right after the game. So I didn't get it. I'm like, all right, next day in the morning, I'm like, where the fuck is my email for my bonus bet? What the fuck? I know I opted in because you have to opt into the promo. So I go to uh, check my bet history and I'm like, oh shit, I won. I didn't take Tatum's threes. I took his eight rebounds or more. And I had Derek White, 10 points or more. And with that buzzer beater, that gave him 11. So I didn't even realize it. Um, so, yeah, for game seven, look, I think a lot of people felt Boston was were going to win because they were home. But this Miami team, man, you know, Jimmy Butler guaranteed the win. Spolster said they were going to win. They're just a more mentally tough team than Boston. You know, I've said it multiple times that I just didn't see Boston winning a championship as much talent as they had. Something was off with that team. Um, I don't know what it was. I mean, the you know, Missoula, first year coach. Again, I think. You have to give him some credit to get him there. He was not put in a, a good spot, but his strategy, use of timeouts were perplexing. Yeah, his answers to the media after the game were very short. And I don't know, man. So, and we've seen them not be mentally tough. And the pressure was on and they didn't come through. Tatum did hurt his ankle in the first play of the game and he was in pain, but. He was out there, so it's tough to use that as an excuse. Miami had injuries, too. Uh, Miami's just a real mentally tough team with a great head coach in Spolster and a great leader in Jimmy Butler. You know, Butler has been here before. Uh, this is the third time in four years that they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were the one seed last year. They just had a lot of injuries this year throughout the regular season. Uh, but I don't think anyone expected them to be here. I mean, they were the AC. They were on the precipice of not even making the playoffs. They lost the playing game to Atlanta and then playing the Bulls in the final playing game to get that spot. They were down with like four minutes to go. And then 
Milwaukee, they beat in five where Giannis missed a couple games and was hurt. And they beat the Knicks in six. And then they come here and win a game seven on the road. So I think from a matchup perspective, I mean, Denver is the better team. That's why you're seeing the numbers like that. Jokic obviously playing at an MVP level, even though he didn't win it this year. Uh, Even though they swept the Lakers, it wasn't a series they dominated. There were several close games in it. But Denver has not really gotten a lot of respect. I think everyone was looking to pick someone else. People were looking, oh, Golden State, they have the history. They won so many titles. We're going to pick them. Oh, the Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis held it. Oh, Phoenix has Kevin Durant. Yeah, we're going to take them. And Denver was the number one seed all year long, has a stud next to Jokic and Jamal Murray. It was an up and down season, but we've seen Murray have big postseasons in the bubble. I mean, he had, he had some big shots, so he's finally healthy. So, I think obviously Denver is a different team than what they faced so far um, because the Bucs had Giannis hurt for two games. Uh, the Knicks, obviously not a great team and the Celtics. And I talked about it when I was doing the show with Fenty. It's a preview game. So I'm like, look, it's going to come down to three point shooting for Boston. If they're hitting their threes, they're going to be fine. If they don't, they're in big trouble. And they started 0 for 10 in the first quarter. And I heard Shaq after the game, he said, look, if I'm playing on a team and we're 0 for 10 after the first quarter, shooting threes, I'm punching everyone in the face and saying, you're not hit, don't take another three. <laughs> and, and I agree with him, man. Like, I get it. Like, when it's Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you want those guys to keep shooting. But if you see you're in a tight game and you're not hitting your threes, why don't you start driving in the basket, man? Yeah. You know, get fouled. I mean, they had a couple easy alley-oops to Robert Williams. Like, that's how you have to do it, man. So, and Jalen Brown was absolutely horrendous in that game. Turnover after turnover. I think they were talking about how every time he goes to his left, he was turning it over. And I guess Butler saw that. Butler was making him go left. Kept turning it over. He had eight turnovers in that game. He shot eight for 23, one for nine from three-point range. Tatum, look, again, I do think he was playing hurt. He only took 13 shots. He was one for four from three-point range. He would have taken more threes. Uh, but it was just a, a dreadful, dreadful performance. Um, and Miami, on the other hand, was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the regular season. And they've been one of the best in the playoffs. And it's like, can this keep continuing? So, look, I think almost everyone's going to take Denver. I, it's, I guess it's difficult to make a case for Miami. Um, so... I mean, well, I mean, that that was like like and that's the thing. And, you know, and to, to people who I've spoken to about this, because, listen, I, I'll first to admit I'm not a hoops guy. I've never been uh, into the sport. I've never been, you know. One who like really absorbs the NBA. I haven't really absorbed the NBA since Patrick Ewing was playing for the Knicks. Like that, that's that's what it comes down to. But, you know, because because the, the, the question that I keep purporting to everybody is. You know, I mean, we were we were locked in, right? It was it was my uh, Boston was like a minus. I think they were like a minus five hundred. Yeah, it was like I say four seventy. I think it was minus four seventy to win that series against Miami, and and everybody talked about you know Spolstra and you know and and Jimmy Butler, but beyond those two, what else did that team really have? And that the Celtics were a flawed team. 
to begin with. And nobody likes the, the coaching for, for Boston at all. And so they could understand Miami coming away from, from that one right there. But now you're talking about Jokic and his power in the middle. You're talking about his size, his rebounding. Uh, you're talking about Jamal Murray and, and the talent level that you've got there. Um, better coaching with Denver than you do with, um, you know, with, uh, with, with Boston. So, you know, this David and Goliath matchup, like so far, the people who I've spoken to um, are all locking in on Denver winning the championship. Now, you know, game to game, you, you see what happens and who's doing what and whatever. But like from a, from a betting standpoint, to me, it looks like, you're only you're just you're strictly going game by game that there really is not a lot of value. You can sprinkle a little something on the heat to win the series, but I don't think I don't think very many people are giving them much of a chance to win this outright. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, and I see why um, if, if the angle you take it as well, they've been underdogs this whole time and they keep winning. OK, well, you still got to look. <laughs> you still got to look at matchups and everything. Um, this is the best offense that they faced. Um, Jokic obviously has looked great in the playoffs. So has Jamal Murray, Porter. Miami doesn't have a lot of size as well. They've gotten out rebounded in every series. Obviously it hasn't affected them yet, um, but they're going to really have to shoot well from three point range again to keep up with Denver. Denver is also a very difficult place to play um, with the altitude and everything. So that's something else you have to keep in mind. Denver, I don't think Denver, has Denver lost a home game in the postseason? I don't think they have. Regular season, they were 34 and seven at home. Um, they also have the extra rest. Uh, some, uh, there was some stat like the last 10 extra rest, more than five days in a team home. They're like eight and one or something in the last nine. So that bodes well for game one for Denver. Uh -huh. uh, Miami's coming off a really exhausting series that had to go seven. Jimmy Butler looked a little worn down at the end of the series. Um, I don't know if he's playing through an injury or not, but yeah, this is, it's a tough matchup for Miami here. Uh, it's just an insane run that they've gone on, even though they were the one seed last year. Again, no one really expected this at all. So it's hard for me not to pick Denver. I kind of want to go against the grain. Like, well, but. I just kind of don't see it here. Um, I just think their defense is going to have a hard time with Denver, with Jokic and Porter. It's just they have so much size. Uh, Gordon can defend Butler. Caleb Martin obviously was phenomenal in the Eastern Conference Finals. He almost won the MVP. Uh, Butler won 5-4 voting-wise. I mean, Butler had the better overall numbers. Martin was the best player in Game 7. But that's another example, too, when you're betting these awards – you got to take the superstar, man. These these guys, subpar, the secondary players never win these uh, these awards. I think the last one that was not a superstar was Iguodala for the Warriors. So, like, people want to get cute, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll bet Caleb Martin to win finals MVP. He had everything in his position to win the Eastern Conference MVP and didn't get it. So, just looking at the pre and that's the other way to bet too, depending on the odds. You can, if you don't want to take Denver, you can look at Jokic MVP. I got to look at the odds, but here are the last MVP awards of the finals, Steph Curry, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Iguodala. There's the one Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, LeBron James, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Paul Pierce. Notice the theme there. The best player on the winning team wins the, <laughs> the MVP. best player on the winning team. Gets yeah. It. So like Butler is getting MVP if Miami wins and Jokic is getting it. If Denver wins, you want to make a case and say, Hey, it could be Jamal Murray. Okay. Jamal Murray had a great Western conference finals. I think he averaged like 32, 33. He didn't get it. So I know people are always looking for value and, you know, oh, there's a long shot. The odds are it's not happening. So just be careful with that because I know, again, everyone falls in love. Where are the odds? I'm looking on DK right now. Where are the odds for uh, for a series that for, you know, finals MVP? Um, hmm. How come I – let's see. I guess it would be NBA finals. Player milestones? No. Oh, God. Finals MVP. Here it is. Jokic minus 360. Butler plus 330. <laughs> Jamal Murray plus 1400. Caleb Martin and Bam plus 4000. So would you sprinkle a little something on Jamal Murray? I mean, if we think that the, if we if we expect Denver to win this series, um, is there a way for Jamal Murray to kind of uh, leapfrog Jokic as a possible MVP. Very slim chance. Very, Very slim. Okay, so then yeah, yeah I, 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 I just don't see it. I mean, Jokic just puts up. Jokic doesn't need to have a big scoring game to dominate a game. Like, you know, he had three triple doubles in four games against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 42, 42, 38, 45 minutes. And, you know, they had four game sweep. They're well rested. Um, he averaged a triple double against Phoenix, 34 and a half, 13.2 rebounds, 10.3 assists. He averaged a triple double against the Lakers, 27.8, 14 and a half rebounds, 11.8 assists, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks shot 50.6% from the field, 47.1% from three point range. So, you know, they're not going to win if he has a bad series. So, Again, as good as Jamal Murray is, again, Jamal Murray averaged 32 and a half against the Lakers and he didn't get it. Right. So, like, what what does he have to do? I mean, he shot 52.7% from the field, 6.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 2.8 steals, uh, 1.8 turnovers. Didn't turn it over, scored big fourth quarters, and he didn't win the MVP. So if he can't win it, averaging 32 and a half, <laughs> how's he, how's he going to get into the finals? Like how much better could he be? So, you know, the, the, you got to be careful with that. I think if you're not betting a superstar here, you're just kind of wasting money. Like, so Denver is what on the money line they are. Oh, wow. So it's the same price. Okay. Forget that idea. Minus 360 well, for Denver. Oh no, that's uh that's game one. Yeah. That's game one <laughs> for the series. What is Denver? It's high. Oh, they were like, uh, they were like, I think it was like 380 last minus, I saw. Minus 425. Minus 425. Yeah, yeah so if you, if no you're going to do that, you just bet Jokic MVP. Still no value at minus 360, but um, at least you're getting a better number because it's basically a 90% chance that if Denver wins, Jokic gets MVP. Maybe maybe 95%. So, all right. So, so futures, <laughs> garbage. Um, MVP awards, garbage as I far think, as betting. Yeah, I think what you would do if you think Denver's going to win, you'd maybe take the minus one and a half games. You know, they win. The, you're saying that they won't lose, that they'll win in six or less. 
five, yeah. No, if yeah, they yeah, win, yeah. If they win well, four yeah, two, they, you take a minus one and five, half. five or five or less. Like, I mean, if if you're doing that, right? You say one no. and a half. No, if it's minus one and a half games, they can win in six, and you win. They have to win two. Uh, you know, by right, they got to win the series four to one or four to two. Right or sweep. So or sweep. You can get. I mean, you could also take the ex- the exact here on DK uh, four uh, when Denver four to two is plus four hundred. Um, but I'd rather just do the minus one and a half. For the That's series. probably what I would do. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. For game one, eight and a half point spread. Do you do you just err on the side of caution and stick with the points as that's been, you know, relatively strong bet here? Or do you think do you think the Nuggets just really just whoop ass on them? Yeah, I think we could see that in game one with the the rest, the home court advantage, Miami going on the road, a tough game seven. I know it's tough to bet against Miami. They find a way to keep these games close, but I, I think I would take Denver to cover in game one. Denver minus eight and a half. Okay. Over under 219. Uh, both teams played a very slow pace. Um, I don't have a feel on, on that yet. Okay. I mean, yeah, listen, I, I'm fine with that. I think if you want to take Denver and you want to take them with the eight and a half, lay in the eight and a half, I'm fine with that. I like your bet on the uh, on the series bet. And remember, like, remember before game one, Miami, Boston, what did I say on this podcast? I said Miami's getting disrespected as eight and a half point underdogs. So yeah. I've I've given Miami respect. Um, I didn't think they would beat Boston. I, I got to be honest there, but. Boston, I just felt like they were not they were not a mentally strong team this year. They did this throughout the playoffs, man. They let Atlanta get back in the series. They were down 3-2 against Philly. Philly has their own problems of not closing teams out. If it was any other team that Boston was playing except Philly, Boston probably would have lost. But Philly is a step above them in the not closing out series. So, like, this Boston team showed you throughout the postseason – that they put themselves in tough spots, man. And they almost, almost, but they get they got embarrassed at home, bro. That game was never even really competitive, man. And the second half, they were never in that game in the second half. Like, you never got the feeling. I don't know if you watched it. I never got the feeling. I was like, Boston ain't coming back, man. I, I was on there, and I said, to begin the third quarter, I was like, Jimmy Butler, he smells the blood in the water right now, man. And this is where a superstar steps up. Because, like, he didn't have a big first half. And then you could see he started to step up, although Caleb Martin, the entire I mean, that gate, that guy made people so much money on props. He went over his points prop, I think, in every game of the series. I think it closed at 15 and a half in game seven. He scored 26. He had a double double. I mean, he was just insane in that series. Um, So are they going to get that level of play from him again? It's tough to see, Um, but he's looked really good. Look, I hope Miami can make it a competitive series, but you're, 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 you're not optimistic. And the, listen, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And i I think you're I think you're right. I think anybody who's who's looking to bet Miami right now is just riding momentum, riding the you know the flow of things, and and not really you know understanding just you know how strong of a team Denver is because I, I you know what it is Denver gets no press. Denver gets no press. And if you're an amateur better uh, and, and you're looking to, you know, 
you know, I, I think amateur betters are, are like, yeah, I want to cash in on this, uh, this Miami deliciousness right now. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, it's just, it's, it's a mistake. And that's how, that's how Vegas gets rich. I think that you've got a very sense, sensible take on all of this. You do believe Denver will win. You see that there's no value on betting the series, except if you're going to take that minus one and a half games. Right. And look at this from a, from an individual standpoint. I, I think that's a, I think it's a smart way to look at it. And, uh, and, and I think that it's uh, you, you can still have fun betting these individual games. You don't need to, you know, whatever, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, you're, we're not betting on the champion right now. We're just, yeah, and you can bet player props as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Jokic is just, gives Denver such a, a high offensive floor and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, who's been great. And the heat lacks size, man. And bam out of bio, you know, he's going to struggle with Jokic. So um, they also have several guys with size that they can throw at Butler. So, I mean, look, the heat have defied the odds the entire postseason. And maybe it's just their year. I mean, but again, that's not uh, a great argument. Um, the home court advantage is big for Denver. Um, Denver is undefeated here in the playoffs at home. Miami has won every road game one. So I think that stops on Thursday night. Um, so, yeah, I would love to pick Miami, man. I just I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I mean. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm, uh, I'm I'm totally in there with you. Uh Love it. Respect it. You guys, obviously, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're going to need, uh, you know, right, we're going to need to check in with you on the regular here as far as uh, everything. Uh, guys, tune in to the Sirius XM uh, Channel 87 uh, Monday through Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's the Fantasy Alarm Better Cast with Adam Ronis and Justin Fensterman. Uh, and I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun listening to you guys you know, maybe even live betting, you know, this game, I mean, you know, not, not just this game, but you know, the series in general, I think is going to be uh, uh, exciting to check out and, you know, and just check out that coverage there on Sirius XM, obviously here on the podcast, uh, we will be uh, revisiting the, uh, the NBA finals and, uh, and we'll see from, uh, from that standpoint, but I like where Adam's head is at here. And uh, I think you guys should uh, probably ride, continue to ride, Adam's coattails. Now, there's something in the water down in in Florida right now because I want to shift it over here a little bit to the Stanley Cup Finals, where we've got another Florida team, uh, and that is the Panthers, who have been riding uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, who's been standing on his on his head uh, for the Florida Panthers. He's been absolutely fantastic. You want to talk about Miami came in as a number eight seed uh, and they got in even after losing one of the playing games. The Florida Panthers just barely squeeze into the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it was Pittsburgh like had some like like their last two games of the season were like against tomato can opponents that you could just easily kick around uh, and they didn't. So Florida squeezes in and now, boom, we see what what's going on over there. Um, a much tighter series here. Uh, to bet Vegas Golden Knights are like a minus, I think they're like a minus 120 favorite and the Florida Panthers are plus 105. And that's just to win the cup. 
forget about, you know, individual games and we can talk about that. But I mean, have you gotten a chance to, to, you know, I know you've been so neck deep in, uh, in baseball and basketball. Have you gotten a chance to watch any of, uh, of what we've seen? Dallas stars almost made it a little bit of a series there against Vegas. It's been a lot of fun to watch some hockey here. Yeah. I've watched a little bit. I saw the four overtime game, uh, for game one. Uh, with the Panthers uh, series there against uh, the Canes. So watched a little bit, but yeah, I mean, again, two teams from Florida as eighth seeds who barely got in. And, and the Panthers were more remarkable is they had to play Boston who set, you know, records for wins and points. And they were down three, one came back and won. And then after that, they just destroyed everyone. So it's insane, man. Um, you know, you you tend to see those playoff runs more in the NHL because of a hot goalie. Um, this is only the second time an eighth seed has reached the NBA Finals. The other time was the Knicks uh, against the Spurs, and they lost in five. And they lost the, to the Spurs in five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of looking at this series again. This This is another one that, to me, Man, I don't know. I feel like this one here. I, I feel like I'm gonna take the Golden Knights on the uh, for for the overall series, and I think that there's you know some even some value at it. You know, at like minus 120 or 125, depending on where you're looking. And I'll tell you why. I'm curious as to as to your thoughts in this. Florida, amazing series. We've seen like you know huge huge time, but I think beating the Canes as handily as they beat the Canes has now put them on the shelf for an exceptionally long time. They had the series wrapped up and then all of a sudden Dallas started to make it a series with the Vegas golden Knights. You and I are recording here on Wednesday. We haven't had hockey and you know, the, the Panthers haven't played in, I don't know how many days now. And now you're talking about Saturday is going to be the first game uh, between these two teams, I, I feel like as great as Bobrovsky has been through these playoffs, I think this is too much of a layoff for him. You know, maybe it gets guys healthy, uh, you know, on the ice uh, in front of him. Um, and, you know, obviously I don't want to go against Kachuk, who has just been otherworldly in these, you know, in these playoff runs. <laughs> But I just feel like it's just so much time off for Bobrovsky um, to really kind of snap back into it against Vegas. Um, I'm not sure. I don't follow this enough to make a pick. Uh, okay. But I'll be I'll be rooting for the Panthers because they're the underdog. Uh, yeah, it's a great story. Everything they've done. So. Um, I just think it sucks that a hockey champion is coming from Florida or Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I mean, again, that's like the, the huge, uh, you know, utter nightmare uh, that it is, but, but, but we can't go back to our original six teams, Adam, as much as we'd like to, we can't even go back. We can't even go back to the days when the divisions were named Patrick Adams, Norris and Smythe. Remember those days? I do. Yeah. Patrick division Rangers. Oh, I remember when that was going on, Adam, Pepsi was a nickel. <laughs> and, a, and a quarter drink was actually a quarter, not $2. Remember those quarter juices in, in New York? Of course I do. Of course I do. You could get a ticket. You could get a blue seat, a, a, a blue seat in Madison Square Garden for two bits. 
Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore at all. But all right, so you're not you're not betting the 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 series or anything with the Stanley Cup Finals at all. You're you're nah. good with you're good with avoiding that. Yeah, I got NBA and baseball. I'm good there. All right. Well, I'm fine with shifting off of uh, off of the NHL, and uh, you know, I mean, listen, I'll 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 root for the Panthers just because it's that that beautiful story, and the Golden Knights have a championship, a recent championship as well. So um, I will side on that, but I I am going to sprinkle a little something just on the Vegas Golden Knights to do it. It's not a not a big bet, but you know, just something to kind of keep me paying attention to this uh to this series. I will watch to see what the over unders look like because right now I I you know if Bobrovsky is not you know what he should be then I think the Golden Knights can put up a lot of scoring there and that's probably you know like the other like individual game bets that I'll look at for the NHL. But we could just we could bypass that. We could kind of shuffle it over and we can move over to fantasy baseball or just MLB in general. We can talk about betting MLB right now and where we're kind of living. We can also talk about checking in uh, with our fantasy teams and see, uh, see what's riding high. We can also maybe uh, talk some waivers and see if there's some, uh, some good stuff happening. Uh, where, where do you want to begin when it comes to baseball? Wherever you want, wherever I want. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to brag about being back on a hot streak for betting baseball. How about that? Can we be there? We can. I can. I can definitely live there in that spot because I, I got myself into a into a hole. Um, but as we've talked about here on the podcast, one of the things that you know, it's just a, looking at different angles to bet. You know, you were talking to me about the first five inning bets. I did a bunch of those as well. Um, I started teetering more towards, uh, looking at some props. You know what it is, man? I do the DFS playbook, uh, every Tuesday and it's always, uh, like a 13 game slate, 12 or 13 game slate. So I'm like, you know, I'm spending all this time researching and, you know, looking at individual matchups. So to that point, then I immediately then start, I, now I start looking at, at more props, uh, on the whole and, I guess, uh, let's see, nine, three, 12, and five over my last 17 MLB bets. So pulling myself out of the, uh, out of the hole, uh, slowly, but surely. And, uh, and I'm starting to, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more aggressive with some plus odds, especially if I'm looking at it, uh, on, on a prop. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. The best bets are always over at fantasyalarm.com. Um, are you uh, are you still sticking with your first five innings? What what are you betting more? No, nah, more more player props um, lately. So looking at that, um, sometimes pitcher props and outs for pitchers, strikeouts. I'll do game lines and totals occasionally as well. So it's a little mix of everything. It really depends on the slate and what I see. Um, you know, sometimes the numbers are are off. Um, obviously it's very difficult baseball, man. I mean, Oakland beat the Braves first two games of the series. I mean, really like, and not only that, dude, that was crazy. Braves didn't even score, bro. They had one run in on Tuesday and what they have. on? I had the, I had the Braves team total over five and a half on Monday night. They scored two runs. runs. I know. And then, and then servo, uh, Dan Servadidio who does the, uh, the better sports betting show on, uh, on, better sports network 
uh, and I co-host with him a couple of days, you know, during the week, he went right back to it yesterday and, and went four and a half, uh, the team total over four and a half and they, they scored one fucking run. Yeah. I was on Austin Riley's prop for total bases and he was 0 for four. I mean, he had a 308 average and an OPS over one against left-handed pitching and was going up against the lefty. But basically the entire team did nothing. So uh, the Braves have actually not been playing well lately either. I saw they've lost like 12 of their last 20, something like that. So I don't mind it as a Mets fan, obviously, but that was definitely surprising to see them lose the first two games. And the A's actually have a three-game winning streak, which I thought we'd never say this year. <laughs> oh, no, it's two. My bad. I, why did I think it was three? It's two. After losing, what, 17 in a row? Nah, like 10, 11. So, uh, unbelievable. So, they're going to win this series, I believe, right? It's not a four-game series. It's got to be three. No, it's yeah. a, a three-game yeah. set. And, yeah, they're going to win the series against Atlanta. But, <clears throat> how do I mean, how do you feel about going back to that game today? I can neither confirm nor deny that whoever wrote the MLB Best Bets article at Fantasy Alarm today uh, not only took the over nine runs, which bucks the trend of, of what we've seen through these first couple of games, uh, but it's James Caprillion against Jared Schuster. Uh, not only did I do that, but I also went back and and uh, and and jumped into a Matt Olson prop. Uh, over two and a half hits plus runs plus RBI. Obviously, if you can clear that deck with a uh, with a solo shot, but. I mean, I just, I, I just feel compelled to go right back to this game because there's just nothing in my, in my world that says that Oakland sweeps this series. Yeah, it would be surprising. I think you just go based on what you've seen all season and who's the better team. And we know in baseball this could happen. Yeah, a bad team can beat a good team on any given day. It's happened a lot to the Mets this year, so I'm used to that feeling. So yeah, yeah. but you're not a good team. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you mean are. you beaten bad teams? No, they've been getting beat by bad teams. They just lost four out of six to the Cubs and the Rockies. It's just so easy to just to, to, to egg you on. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was even talking about the Mets yesterday, and I referenced you on the show. I was just like, eh, Adam Ronis is probably just really pissed off and sick of listening to me talk about his Mets. They're just so inconsistent. Even yesterday, I mean, really, they can only score two runs. I mean, Sango is great. I was on his prop over five and a half Ks. Uh, he's gone over that every game except two this year. Uh, good sign for him was no walks, but I still don't. I need to see that again because that's been his biggest problem. Uh, but were you were you jerking your gherkin to seeing Francisco Alvarez batting second? No, it happened a few days ago, so they finally made the right call. But I didn't like that they pinch hit. Vogelbach late in the game for Vientos. If you're going to pinch it, why isn't Beatty up there to Beatty didn't start? Like, I don't get it. Vogelbach's terrible, man. I, I don't know. Something is going on that he has some power over the front office or buck that he keeps getting opportunities because he stinks. <laughs> Vogel Vogelbach is turning into the Taysom Hill of baseball. Dude, it's worse. At least Taysom like, how Hill has talent. <laughs> Ogobach's terror, and and half the time he's he strikes out looking, he just stands there. I'm like, what? What are you doing? So, um, but I guess the other big story in baseball is the return of Royce Lewis. Man, 
Uh, good yeah. to see that. You know, it was one year to the day that he tore his ACL. He came back on Monday. You know, two weeks ago, I wrote in my waiver wire column, hey, pick him up now. He's rehabbing. He's eligible to return May 29th. Um, I was only able to get him in one league. I guess I, I just should have been more aggressive. I was like, ah, you know, I don't need to bid a lot. I'll get him. I only got him in FSGA. He was in my lineup this week. Um, he's not going to be, he's going to be available in the NFBC this weekend. Um, and I really want him, but it's not like I kind of ha- don't have a ton of money left. I think my main event team has like 500, but a lot of teams don't have money, but man, that is a guy that can be a difference maker, power, speed, you know, game one, a three run Homer, a game tying single in the ninth had another hit on Tuesday. So, uh, I'm really interested in him, but throwing multi-position eligibility soon enough, right? He qualifies yeah. it at short all over the place, but he's playing a lot of third base. Sure. Yeah. Oh, he's available in TGFBI too. Ooh boy. Um, oh jeez. I have six Oh seven. Somebody has a thousand. So they clearly haven't been paying attention. And then seven eighty eight, six ninety three. Um, could I use a shortstop in this league? Probably. Um, yeah, my team's not good. I don't know what happened. Sucks. Well, I got the like, FBI. Yeah, my team sucks. Um, I got. Yeah, I, I could use them for sure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bid aggressively. I don't give a fuck. I mean, you, you shouldn't have to give a fuck. I mean, if you definitely want to, you know, if if you got to get the guy, you got to get the guy. I was dealing with some uh, some injuries. I I don't think. I mean, I'll put a bid in on him. For a TGFBI, if he's available, I haven't even looked to see yet if he's available. He will, unless he was drafted and held on to or drafted and dropped. He's not, he wasn't on the 40 man roster. So you couldn't have picked him up all these weeks. That's yes, I know, because we have that stupid ass rule in the FSGA, which again, I don't understand if you are trying to be the trend setting draft of uh, and, and league of the fantasy baseball season. Why do you put stupid constrictive rules on player acquisition. Like we're, we're fantasy, we're industry people. We should be making speculative picks. Right. And I, and I tried to do that. I mean, I knew that, that a guy, you know, I, I was, um, we had gone back and forth with all the, the shit about it with, um, with rookies being called up like Brett Beatty, um, you know, whatever, but I wasn't sure of where we stood with, uh, with guys who were on the, on the IL. Um, and so I was like, fuck it, man. I'll throw in a bid on Royce Lewis and see if I get him. This was like two weeks ago. And, you know, it was a small bid, speculative bid. And I threw it on them and, uh, and, and, you know, and everybody like pissed and moaned about it to the point where I was like, you know what? All right, fine. It's bullshit. And then of course, what did I see this past week? Somebody put a bid on, on Royce Lewis. So of course I was the asshole who posted out, out to everybody else being like, um, just so you know, just because the beat writer says that the team's going to call this guy up doesn't mean you can bid on him. Fucking garbage. Garbage. <laughs> Where are you in, in TGFBI? 10th place. 10th place in your league and the overall rank. Where are you? I don't know. Probably 80,000. Uh, okay. Let's see. Um, I, you know, I just maybe maybe I'm two, just trying to brag a little bit. 259. Because I am in the top thir- – oh, I'm only – I'm 32nd in the overall right now. I'm second in my league. There's four months left, buddy. My team rules. Okay. Until my team they, rules. Until they all get hurt and you start crying. Oh, dude. <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is, though, is that if I – you know, looking at my team, 
because I've tried to be more sensible with some some fab bidding and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, here I go. I just lost Erod, and I lost yeah, Tyro a- Estrada. Yeah, Erod's a big loss. He was pitching great, and it sounds like he can miss like two months. Yeah. I saw that. What the fuck is a pulley finger? I, I used to think that was like, uh, it was like, you know, like when, when, you know, your uncle at Thanksgiving's like, pull my finger. Yeah, that's, that's probably what happened. He was at a family event and someone pulled it too hard. <laughs> Eduardo, <laughs> Eduardo, come ven here. Aquí, ven aquí, ven <laughs> Viene aquí, pull my finger. <laughs> oh, you hurt. <laughs> I guess oh, shit, I, I just lost Riley Green, too. He just yeah. went on the I.L. Uh, see, you're talking shit. Look what happened. Oh, apparently, you get a, apparently, the pulley finger is more common in climbing. So I wonder if he was climbing a mountain or something. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I hope she had at least I had a cute face. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You're not supposed to say stuff like that, Adam. I didn't say anything wrong. Well, I'm doing my little uh, fantasy baseball humble brag here. I'm in first place in the FSGA league right now. I'm in second place in my TGFBI. And I'm in third place in my BARF league, the Bay Area Roto Fantasy League. So those those three leagues right there, which you know I talk about a bunch, I'm feeling pretty good about. I like my teams there, and I'm sitting up top. Um, my Tout Wars draft and hold team, I think I told you about that last week, right? I was like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to set a fucking lineup for this thing. Yeah. I'm doomed now. I've, I've dropped, I've dropped all the way down. I used to be like hanging out in like the top five and now I am, uh, I'm humping it up in 12th place. And you, and you can't improve your team at all. Can't that's one of the things that obviously, you know, drives you a little nuts is like, it's, it's so hard to look at your team and be like, I can't pick up anybody off of waivers. Can't make it, you know, I, I don't have, you know, enough, uh, healthy guys or, you know, some minor leaguers haven't been called up yet. Um, so I guess I kind of have to just, uh, you know, shit the bet on this one. It happens. I mean, a lot of those draft champions draft and hold leagues here, it comes down to, you need some luck and health. And obviously we've seen so many players emerge off the waiver wire and some of those guys were drafting other teams and some weren't. So, you know, it's, that's just part of that format. And you know, that going in, uh, that it really comes down to the draft. Did you just, that's fantasy baseball, Susan, me? No, I did not. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, what else are we looking? Are we looking for anything else in uh, in the fantasy baseball world? Anything that's uh, just baseball in general that's kind of catching your eye? Yeah, I think the next big prospect to get call up is Ellie De La Cruz. I've put him in the article, too, as a speculative ad. He's been crushing it at the minor league. Seems like he's homering every day. I know it's a matter of the Reds trying to figure out where he's going to play. But my guess is we'll see him in the next week. Really? You think it's going to be that quick, huh? Yeah, I think so. He's just he's crushing it down there. I mean, I mean, what more does he have to prove down there? No, I mean, what more does he have to prove down there? Nothing but at 25 and 29, uh, you know, and you just lost your 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 top starter or one of your top starters to a, a lengthy injury. The question is, is if you're the Reds, why do you call him up? 
Like, why do you why do you start his free agent clock? Yeah, but it won't, as in the service date, time passed. It's about. I mean, it's an estimate. We don't know the exact date, but it's probably pretty close. It's coming up in like uh, like I think it's in within ten days. Yeah. So you you want so you got to get that that extra year of control, um, of him. You want to make sure you get that, and then yeah, I mean, I guess we're kind of in that situation. I don't know. You know what it is, man. It's it's so funny. I'm having. You know, I got this guy in the fantasy alarm discord who just, you know, just a constant churning over of his roster. And, you know, and he asks not just, you know, he'll ask a question about a player and then I'll give him an answer about it. And then he proceeds to spend the rest of the week asking every other person who will listen to him the same exact question. And. You know, and he's like, you know, on on the perpetual of doing that and rotating in all of these guys. And meanwhile, he's sitting there with Ellie De La Cruz on his bench. And I'm like, how long have you been fucking eating that bench spot? Like you're sitting here asking me, you know, this is my worst performing guy right now. And you're talking about what he's done over the last three days. But you're like eating this fucking bench spot, hoping, waiting that this guy's going to come in. And I think, I think he's had De La Cruz sitting on his bench for at least a month and a half now. Yeah. I think it all comes down to team context, the amount of teams in the league. Cause I think sometimes you do have to move on. Like if you look at Christopher Morel right now, right. He was the best free agent pickup. Now he's back to what he was. And I already regret not sitting him this week uh, in labor. I picked up Jake McCarthy and I was like, I should probably start McCarthy. And I was like, ah, Morel's been hot. Morell sat now a couple times. McCarthy's has three stolen bases this week. So I already regret it. So I think it really comes. And Paul DeYoung is another guy, right? He was a hot guy. He was on fire. He's cooled off predictably. So I think it all depends on what players you have. Um, <laughs> Dude, what is, what is Brent Rooker done in the last two weeks? Exactly. I mean, I'm looking now at the young, he has been hitless now in six straight games over uh, 21 at bat. So he's old for 21. Uh, average was at 281, uh, 291. Now it's 234. So, I mean, Morel, another guy, Rooker, as you mentioned too, he's cooled off. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, sometimes that you pick up, they're all going to cool off. And if you're in a 10 team league, you can turn those spots and turn it over 15. You really can't like in a 15, there's just not enough available. You know, this, anyone who plays in a 15 team league knows it. The tenure, you can do it a little bit more. 12 is a little bit too. It's one thing I've learned over the years in the 12s is the back half of that roster. There's enough on free agency, even in NFBC where you have 30 roster spots and most home leagues don't. Most home leagues might be 25, 26. So you can churn the back end of your roster a lot, uh, depending on. Depending on on what you're looking for and what you're doing. Like, for example, this guy spent the last three weeks asking me about MJ Melendez. And I was like, dude, I said, you're not starting him behind the plate because you have, uh, he's got somebody really good at, at catcher. The name's escaping me right now. So that means you're using MJ Melendez and his 200 batting average and his minimal production as an outfielder. I said, if, if you're not going to use him behind the plate, then he doesn't have the fucking value that you need, that you want. Like you, you've got 20 outfielders sitting on your waiver wire who are probably better odds to, to do more and be productive, you know, as the, as this happens, 
you know, let him go. And, and, you know, of course he like, he holds him, he holds him, he holds him, he holds him. And then he finally drops him. And MJ Melendez has four hits, including a home run in his last five games. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, he's playing well now. Should I pick him back up? Should I, I'll, I'll see what McCarthy does tonight. And, and that, that is like, there's a difference between churning over your roster sensibly, you know, ride the ride the Chris Morrell wave, you know, and as soon as he cools off, you dump him. Boom. There's nothing wrong with that. Ride Brent Rooker for the first two months of the fucking season. And as soon as he starts putting together, stringing together multiple games where he's going 0 for 4 or at best 1 for 4, and he's like 2 for his last 36 you have to just get rid of him and pick up the hot guy. Like if that's, if, if that's how you're churning over your roster, fine. But to like sit there and like, you know, hold a guy throughout, you know, uh, you know, put him on your bench and refuse to drop him because you think maybe he's going to heat back up. Like that's not the mentality you want. Like I'm sure that there are people right now who are sitting there with Brent Rooker, either in their active roster, waiting for him to heat back up or have him parked on the bench. This dude is in his last 12 games, all right, is batting 125 with two runs and two RBI, and he's striking out 42% of the time. Like, what is it about Brent Rooker's past that you're seeing, that, that you're like, oh, he'll just turn around. This is just a, a little mini slump. And that's, like that kind of churning or, you know, churning your roster to me is completely fine if you're understanding what the value is with these guys and that it's just temporary value, you know? And like you said, it's easier to do it at 12-team league because you can do that. But, you know, oh, man, I don't know, man. Just when you're, when you're talking about – because he's also, you know, like you're going to drop McCarthy? Like why would you drop McCarthy – instead of giving McCarthy even just a little bit more than like two or three days. Yeah. I mean, you can't analyze a player's performance over a two, three day period. So, cause we all know as bad as Melendez is, he's going to have a streak where he does well. So, you know, even the worst players go through a streak where they perform very well. Um, I just think, though, with McCarthy, like I was not high on McCarthy this year. He was going to the top 100. It was too pricey for me, but he was available in free agency. I was going after him. I only got him in one league, uh, but I think where he is going to be useful, at least is stolen bases. And I think he already has four since he came up. I think he had one over the weekend against the Red Sox, and I believe he has three uh, going into Wednesday. Still hitting at the bottom of the lineup. Probably not going to get a lot of power, but hey, if you need speed, the guy's going to help. And you know, sometimes we see players get sent down in the minor leagues. They work on something, they come back up, and they're fine. So uh, I think you have to stick with him because you've seen it already. He's going to run. He obviously has to get on base to run, but he's going to get. I think he's going to get an opportunity here. So it's way different than spending a top 100 pick where you're relying on him. Picking him up off the waiver wire is a lot different. Yeah, you do have to spend some money. Um, and I, clearly I didn't spend enough in certain leagues because I only got him in one. McCarthy right now, all right, since since being brought back, is five for 14 with a double, two RBI, five stolen bases. Oh, it's five. Okay, yeah. I know he had two on Tuesday. Yeah, he's going to run, he man. He had two on Tuesday. He had two on Monday. Uh, he had one in the uh, in the first game against Boston back on the 26th. So, 
you know, you're you're looking at that, and you know, like to me, yeah, like why would you even consider dropping? Like this guy wants to drop McCarthy for fucking Melendez again, and I'm like, why would like that makes no sense to me? Like, and and it's a perpetual thing. And this is, I guess, what what rubs me the wrong way about it is that this guy asks these questions like this throughout the entire season but he's done it every single year. So when we talk to you, you know, when we talk to somebody about being patient, the sample size, how to turn over your roster properly, he's not hearing it. Nothing's registering. All he wants to know is, should I drop this guy or not drop this guy? Should I pick this guy up or not pick this guy up? Like he's not learning anything, which means that he's not even fucking playing this fantasy baseball season on his own. That frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, the goal is to help people learn, to help them win. You know, definitely here to support and advise, but you also want to learn how to play the game properly. And it's a long season in baseball. You can't just look at what a guy's done for the last three, four games, especially after an extensive period where he was bad, you know? So, and look, we're never going to make all the right decisions. Uh, Again, I already... I knew it on Monday. As soon as I click submit, I'm like, I should have fucking benched Morel for McCarthy. I just knew it. And, and now I'm sitting here on fucking Wednesday already regretting it. (laughs) Kicking yourself. And you're going to agonize over this moment. Like you're going to agonize over this roster move every single day until Sunday. As Morel goes like, Oh, for a billion. Oh, he is man. Um, Is he even even playing today? He probably isn't. I know he's been sitting more lately. Again, I'm happy that I got him in a couple leagues. He gave me what I needed, but he's not a lock to be in the lineup every week going forward. Uh, Let's see. He is not in the lineup this lineup today. Great. So he sat two of the first three days of the week, which might be, might be a blessing. So I don't get an O for four. They're they're happier going with Michael Talkman or or uh Mastro Bioni. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't get more Italian of a name like that. Oh man. And the Rays again not hitting. Shut out through five. So oh, the Ra- Rays and the Braves are having a little slump here. Well, hopefully the A's the 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 Braves pick it back. I know you're not rooting for that, but I am because I just uh, the fucking Oakland A's, they're so bad. And just it it just seems like you know I end up like picking the wrong time to to bet against them, you know. It's like you can ride that that wave if you literally just sat there and bet the money line against the uh, the the Oakland A's, you'd be up right now. But it just seems like every time I try to focus in on a bet and be like, you know, I'm going to target against these idiots, like all of a sudden they pull out these like weird performances it's like really like where where the shit did that happen the braves are seven and 12 or their last 19 games oh i i hear you licking your chops on that one well they played good teams though i mean they lost uh, they split with the phillies four games they lost two or three to the dodgers they lost two or three to texas they got swept by the blue jays so i mean they faced some good teams in that span i mean not the a's though this is where they were supposed to bounce back uh just crazy. You got to think that they just went in there and not focus. Like, oh, it's the A's will win. It has to be. Like, how else do you explain them losing seven two and two to one? Two to one? Like, two really? To one. Two to one to the to the A's. Yeah, man. Like, come on. Okay. And then even the seven two game, a lot of those runs came late. 
Sorry, I'm looking right now, and my TGFBI team just got kicked in the nuts again. Justin Steele pulled after three innings. Yeah. Undisclosed I, injury. Yeah, I haven't seen one yet either. So, see, that's what happens during this podcast. You talk and all that crap, and now look. Well, up maybe maybe you should be a little bit more humble on May 31st instead of acting like you won a title. <laughs> this is a lesson for those out there playing fantasy baseball as well. Don't brag on May 31st. Two months in the books, <laughs> and Howard Bender is throwing himself a victory parade for being in the top three in multiple leagues. I was just celebrating. I can't. Why can't I celebrate that? No, I'm not no, saying no, no. that that's gonna that that, no, that locks you me said. Into the oh, win. Adam, where are you in the overall standings for TGFBI? Oh, well, that's because right. I just love trolling you. That's that's, that's why. Uh, there's four months to go. I mean, my that's team why was- that's my karma right there. My it's like instant karma. Yes, like shit on absolutely. Bender. Yes, yes, definitely. So this way, when we come back in September, and you probably won't even ask in September, you'll be so engrossed in football and your teams will be out of it. You won't even ask. But I'll remember. I'll be like, hey, Howard, remember May 31st when you were asking and you were throwing yourself a victory parade? Well, let's see. How did it end? I will remember the May 31st episode uh, only because I want to hear that voice on you again. Hey, Howard. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Howard, remember? Hey, Howard, you remember when you <laughs> Imagine I, oh, I'm just glad I wasn't blessed with a voice like that. Yeah, so today we're going to talk a little baseball. Looks like the Phillies going to City Field, play those Mets. See, I feel like that's actually what my voice sounds like. Nah, it doesn't. You actually have a little bass in your voice. So I wish you sounded like, well, thank you. Is it even in front of you? (laughs) I feel like there are times where I sound like mad dog Russo. No. Okay, good. Good. I listen again. I can't, you know, I I, I don't know what my, like when I hear my voice. Yeah. It's just, it, it drives me nuts. But that voice that you just put on, Hey Howard. Yeah. It was very, it was actually, you sounded a little bit like Jim Bowden there to me for a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Verbal retweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You know what? We're dropping the mic on that. That's how we're ending this show. That's how we're ending this show on Adam Ronis's verbal retweet. So <laughs> catch up with us. Again, Adam is uh, is on the uh, Fancy Alarm Better Cast show. That's uh, Monday through Thursday, eight to ten p.m. Eastern on uh, on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, now that basketball is over, or well, it's almost over. Uh, look for uh, more of Adam's betting content over at uh, FantasyAlarm.com. Not to mention. Uh, fancy baseball rankings and waiver wire work every single week, uh, June 1st, right around the corner, i.e. tomorrow. So Adam and I will both have uh, new uh, updated fantasy baseball rankings for uh, the month of June and sort of beyond that. So um, big thank you as always, Adam. Love, uh, lo- love getting this chance to uh, to chop it up with you on the regular. Um, for all of you out there, thank you so much for liking, subscribing. Please spread that word. Tell everybody, uh, all your friends, share this podcast uh, around the world. But that's going to do it for us here. Uh, for the Cash It Podcast, for Adam Rodas, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.